You could start. You were going to jump into it. You could always kick it off. All right. Hi, Jess. <laughs> oh, that's the kickoff. Hi, John. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's that's the start. That's how it starts. That's how you start a conversation. You say hi. Yeah, how's your week been? You doing well? Doing well. It's been a good week, a pretty productive week, but of course, always little things that I could be working on. How about you? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not too bad. Not too bad. I feel, yeah, moving things forward. Yeah. So a couple things are kind of coming together for me, I would say. So I'm, I'm in a pretty good mental state. But, good, uh, good. Yeah. You know, can't complain. So prospects happening and all of that. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you it's know, it's a slow process. It, it took me like four months. Yeah, I mean, if you want to call them prospects, we can call them prospects. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, it is what Just it is. Just connections happening um, is important. Exactly. Yeah, getting the groundwork laid. All right. So you had something you wanted to talk about this week. Yeah, I wanted to just talk about the overall process of developing habits, making decisions around what makes sense to develop, and kind of how you implement it all. Because I know when we were back in Korea, we talked a lot about yeah. productivity, and we were trying to start this thing, but we realized that as these two separate people, we needed to figure out how to make our productivity systems work a little bit together, and then also what are our productivity systems apart. The team coordination is is, a, is a definitely a big difficulty. <laughs> uh, a big a, yeah, that's a sticking point in the whole routine productivity construct, I would say. Um, so, okay, let's just start at the beginning there then. So obviously you think routines are valuable. Why are routines valuable? Like, why is it better to have a routine rather than just not? Well, because I think whenever you're doing, and I learned this very much firsthand as I traveled and I had this set routine at my old job in DC, then I had this, mm. so I modified my, my routine and figured out a new routine for Korea. Then I went on the road and I just didn't have a routine because every day was totally different and I was traveling and I really couldn't. And I found that I was craving routine all the time because I yeah. think humans are in many ways creatures of habit and so the fact that we sure. know we can build these habits and then if we get out of that like I didn't sometimes have time to work out when that happened I could tell I was just having a sluggish day mentally and I was just struggling with some of the things that usually are very easy and overall my mental capacity which is normally pretty quick was a little bit slowed down and it just threw me out of whack yeah. and maybe I'm too routine in that but I realized that at least for myself personally I really crave structure even creating bits of my own structure sure so I think routine is important in that I, I'm always I'm always torn about it because a part of me has always been against routine because you get so much more creative energy and you do things in a different way when you're doing things not necessarily randomly but in context that you're not used to right right and you remember things better and you learn things better in context that you're not used right. to like let's say you want to get good at basketball you're a big basketball player right yeah. so like if you practice in the same gym all the time you're not going to be as good as if sometimes you practice inside sometimes you practice outside sometimes you practice right. when it's really hot when it's really cold right like it, it changes how you interface with what you're working with so I, I, I often feel that there's this benefit of not having routines and things, but it's difficult because it's really hard if you don't have structures to feel like you're in control at all. Right. 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. Which is, which is the other side of that that I often struggle yeah, with. Yeah, and even back to that basketball analogy, I think there's so much value in being outside of your comfort zone and continuing to learn that way, which is a little bit of sure. what you were referencing. But if you go back to yeah. every day doing something, not the exact same, but if you're going to get better mm -hmm. at basketball, you need to practice maybe not every day, but almost. Yeah, so I think it's certainly. that the whole compounding of what you're learning or what you're working on to eventually get better at it, to continue to work on it. If I don't have some sort of routine around that, around at least working on set things that I'm really interested in or that I think are essential to my well-being, then I start yeah. to have a little bit of a struggle as far as innovating within this uncomfortable space that I'm sometimes sure. in. Well, and I would say that that is definitely a key issue for me as well, because uh, like you said, it's the fact that for basketball, for instance, you do have to do it so regularly, mm -hmm. not necessarily always the same time, not necessarily always the same length of time in a day, but you do have to do it very regularly. And so the thing that I always find is extremely valuable about having maybe rituals or things that you do regularly is that it allows you to exert more control over yourself. Because the thing that I always struggle with historically is deciding what you want to do in a given moment mm. and then actually compelling yourself to do what you want to do. And setting that as Not the priority, being distracted. Right. Exactly, because even if it is the priority, like, oh, maybe I'm a little hungry also and I'll go get a snack from the kitchen, or maybe I'll, you know, like, whatever I'll that do. That a lot. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe I'll, you know, open YouTube and watch a video, or like, whatever it is, maybe I'll just sit and think for a while instead of doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And that's the part that I always struggle with, because it's, it's the decision-making and exerting control over your own actions that right. I spend so much time trying to systematize my self-control, you know? Because right. it's, it's not an easy thing. Like, it's, it's easy with certain aspects of self-control. And this is one of the things that I don't understand because, like, it's easy for me, for instance, when, with studying Spanish, right? Like, it's easy for me to do that every day. Right. It's really hard for me to get up at a certain time every day. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily universal. I know you're much more of a morning person, but for me, I want to get up no later than 8 a.m. every day. And that is a difficult thing for me to get myself to do because when I wake up in the morning, I, there's nothing I want to do more than not get up at 8 a.m. You know what I mean? And, and so what's fascinating to me is what I've been dealing with for the last several years, trying to figure out how to get yourself to do things that you don't do naturally and automatically. Right, right. Yeah. And you said something before that I think was pretty key in maybe just the way I think about routine versus the way you think about routine. You said these rituals that I want to build in. And mine is similar in the vein that I want these to be rituals and I want to be able to let my day go as it needs to go, but make sure that these couple things I at least am cognizant of trying to get them done, or if I don't get them done today, I'll do them tomorrow. And they're not necessarily like I have to get them done, but things like every day I try to do some kind of little workout and some kind of meditation and sure. overall, like very little things, but things that really help in everything else I'm trying right, to They help do. your mental state, they help your productivity generally. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. Currently, I am trying to, as I said, get up at a certain time every morning and mm -hmm. trying to be very productive right after I get up. And the way I've structured this is putting in like significant structure so that the evening I'm always asleep at a certain time 
And for the last 30 minutes I'm awake, I have certain things that I do, and I do them in a kind of ritualistic, repetitive way. And then when I wake up in the morning, I know exactly what I have to do when I wake up in the morning, and I have the first hour or so, again, systematized, so that there's no thinking that has to go on. I know exactly what happens. because, And this is where the power of routines comes in. It's the first thing that you mentioned. It's that like 90% of the things that we do in life are automatic. Mm-hmm. That That's where the power comes in. When you can put things that make your life better on autopilot to such an extent that you don't have to think about it at all, right? Like I don't think about brushing my teeth. I don't think about going to the bathroom. Those are things that just happen in my day. Yeah. And when I need to do it, I just do it. And it just is. Right. And they make my life better. There are other things that would it would be nice to have be built into my day that way but you have to do them so many times so often for so long that it's difficult to initially get them entrenched right let's talk about that for a second so if you have something that you want to get entrenched right in your experience of just something that you wanted to get entrenched and you now have successfully added into your daily or more ritualistic side of things how did that go how long did it take what Um, did the process look like of just deciding i'm gonna do this and then this is how i'm gonna go about it so it varies some things are obviously easier than other things and obviously some things are more important than other things or you view them as more important and more urgent. But one key example is, so I studied in Paris, as we've said before, uh, back in 2011, 2012 for a year. And there I walked everywhere. I didn't drive. And I found that walking was just a really important thing to my life there. And so when I got back to the U.S., I was living in Los Angeles. It was not a walking place. So what you do in Los Angeles is you walk to your car and then you walk into the office and that's all the walking you do. Or you walk into a restaurant. When I walked around there, people looked at me like I was nuts. (laughs) Exactly. In a whole day, your average person in LA will probably walk 500 meters. There's no walking there. And as soon as I got back, just felt worse in a lot of ways. And one of the things that I knew that I wanted in my life was to walk regularly. So I started trying to build in walking an hour a day into my life there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It took me probably three months of trying to do it every day before it became just automatic. And I didn't really have to think about it, that I was just going to do it. Right. And, and I think one of the, the, the keys to it also is that if you see the benefit, like you with your meditation, if you feel the benefit and you see how it affects your life, then it's much easier to get yourself to do it. Like I said earlier, Spanish has been easy for me. I've been studying Spanish most every day for the last, I don't know, I don't know exactly how long. And it became really easy for me in the same way that walking did because you see the progress. When you study, you get this boost, right? Just like so many people mm-hmm. have it automatic going on Facebook or going on Instagram because they get this kind of endorphin boost. They get, they get kind of excited. They see things that are interesting or fun or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. so when you have this emotional attachment that you start to have with progress and growth or improvement of your life in some way, and you see that this action is doing it, it makes it much easier to continue to do it. And especially when you really focus on it, when you fall off the wagon. Because I've had various times when I was traveling or life was just hectic, where I've stopped studying for like a week or something like that, right? And when that happens and you go back to it, it's such a frustrating experience that you don't want to miss. Do you know what I mean? Right, but also when you're not doing it every day, it's this, this thing is circulating and it feels yeah. like you're just, you're a little bit not complete with how everything is going. 
Absolutely, yeah. And, and so it, it, I would say it varies because like the getting up at 8 a.m. thing, I've been trying to do that off and on for years and I have struggled mightily when I don't have some sort of thing that I need to do at like 8.30 or 9. It's right. so, so difficult for me because my whole mental state when I wake up is not there. I completely lack self-control when I wake up in the morning. I have no ability to make decisions. And so what I've been doing, like I told you, I described the routine that I've put in place. The idea is when you look at something that you really want to implement, but you're really struggling at implementing, you have to think one layer deeper. And so for me, it was, well, why is it so difficult for me to get up at idiot? And what do I control that I could get myself to do? And one of those things was go to bed, not at midnight when I would get eight hours of sleep, but go to bed at 11. Right. And if I go to bed at 11, I will sleep more than I want to sleep. I'll sleep closer to like nine hours, but I will find it much easier to wake up at eight. And if I can get myself to regularly do that, then it's much easier to regularly get up at eight. Because before, you know, I might go to bed at midnight, I might go to bed at one, I might go to... Well, then, then it's just done. There's no, there's no hope. You know what I mean? If I'm going to sleep at different times. So the more automatic you can get it and the other factors around it that you can control, the easier it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I find the same thing with when I was starting to work out every morning. Yeah. It was very much the same thing. I realized that I was never going to be able to get in a workout before actually going into the office if I didn't get my eight hours of sleep too. So it became a, sure. okay, well, if we're going to wake up just early, which by early, I want to wake up at like 6.30, then oh, I'm going to have to be going to bed and my one roommate already says you are in bed at like what is it gonna be eight today and I'm like no it's gonna be like 10 okay it's gonna be like 10 that's not that bad but if I'm waking up at 6 30 there's a lot of things that need to happen in the morning and I've realized that if those some of those things don't happen or if I at least don't have time just to gather my thoughts and kind of do some of my own personal things in the morning then the whole day just feels like it's a little bit lost. Yeah, because that is one of the other things, that a good day has a certain flow and a certain energy. And this is why I've wanted to get up at the same time every day for so long, because if you can start it well, it, it'll carry through your whole day. And if you start it poorly, just nothing, nothing good is happening at all. <laughs> and you constantly have to reshape your mental energy around, all right, now it's going to be better. Now it's going to be right, better. Exactly. It's just you're fighting a battle that you could have started out a lot better at. Yes. Yeah. It's, there is definitely something to be said for starting the day on the right foot. Something I wanted to ask you about, though, because something that I struggle with with regard to this is establishing norms that are not daily, right? So... There are, mm, especially I'm as... I'm still struggling with that as well. Yeah, because especially as you get into things that you need to spend more time on in one given chunk, it becomes much more difficult for me to do it regularly. So there are several things that I try to do every week for a certain number of hours. Like, let's say I want to read for seven hours a week. I don't necessarily want to read an hour every day, or I wouldn't be able to necessarily read an hour every day. And I'll often read for about 90-minute chunks. But then it becomes hard to say, well, if I don't do it every day, then how do I get myself to do it a certain number of times during the week? And I've done everything with this from trying to say, okay, well, I'll do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of thing to saying I'll just put a list of things and try to focus on getting them done over the course of the week. But it's 
it's really difficult when you don't have that daily regularity for me to get myself to keep doing that. Yeah, the automatic habit that I have that ha- already has the triggers around it when I don't have those triggers for other for other days or other rituals that I'm Context, trying to do. Yeah. It's it is much harder and I've tried many things too from time blocking a week where I just looked at it and I did my weekly review which is the getting things done methodology but I would do that on like a Sunday and then I would have my week not all plotted out but at least a few days and I would know which days I was going to do that big thing like a reading or something that I really didn't do every day Mm -hmm. and it worked for a while but I just found that that much structure would drive me a little crazy and this was just me so I learned that yes I need routine and I love routine but that structure of putting everything into a day was a little much for me because every time I got behind I was like (gasps) I'm behind I'm like I created this it's not a big deal (laughs) and it makes your life so inflexible like somebody tries to schedule something with you and you're like oh no sorry that's that's my uh, reading time I can't I can't be hanging out with you yeah and that was the other thing is especially with there's a lot going on for me here with my roommates and everything. And with something going on, they would sometimes ask, hey, could you please help me with this? And it'd be a last minute request. And I felt myself getting a little bit frustrated with them when in reality, this was just a simple, are you willing to help? And are you willing to be flexible? So it was something that I realized this has to change a bit because I shouldn't be having these feelings just because it throws off my routine. This is going to be a daily thing. Right. You got to get very comfortable with that. Right. Yeah, you can't have an emotional response. Yeah, no, I've gone... Yeah, I've definitely dealt with that. A while ago, probably... I think it was either early on in Korea or before I got to Korea. I don't remember exactly when. I had this whole process that I was trying to schedule everything that I would do every day. And I did this for a couple months trying to nail down everything I would do every day and schedule... I'm going to do this for an hour. I'm going to do this for 40 minutes. I'm going to do this for 30 minutes. And it was it was the worst, most cumbersome system there ever has been. Because, like you said, as soon as you run a little bit behind, everything's done. Yeah. And if you cram it in, it's, it you often can't get the things that you want to get done done. Um, it's a frustrating experience. Yeah, and I found, too, that when I was time blocking, a lot of people who swear by this method, they yeah. will use, like, the Pomodoro timer, and they'll do yeah. it for a certain amount of time. And so I tried that, but I also found that it was just too many systems in my life, and I needed more fluidity of just, maybe let's just have a list of the top four-something things I want to do that day that are very much priorities, a couple of my to-dos, and just see if I can knock the first ones off in sure. the day. <laughs> and I do see, like, I think the Pomodoro timers work really well for some people. Working in an intense way for 40 minutes or 50 minutes and then taking a short break, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think maybe it's that my attention span is longer than some people's, but 90 minutes to two hours is, like, the time block that is, I think, best for me. Mm. And these people Your attention like, span is a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, and these people that are, Mine's like, like 35 minutes. minutes. All right, I'm done. Yeah, see... <laughs> I'm like, how could you how could you possibly get anything done and take breaks that often? It, it, it blows my mind. Well, yeah, but I remember in Korea, we were talking about the same concept of the Pomodoro timer, which is yeah. just setting a certain block of time to really concentrate. And I was struggling with writing mm-hmm. because the time was usually set at like 45 minutes and I would get really into something. So I found that in those times, I would need more of your time span where yeah, I need sure. two hours. But now... Now I find that that time span does like 40 minutes and I'm ready to be done. 
Yeah. So I just realized with writing, this article isn't going to be, I'm just going to write an article in a day. I'm just going to write and I'm going to try to write like two or three paragraphs in that 40 minutes and really concentrate. And then the next day I'm going to come back to it or go to the next article and then wrap them up as I sure. edit that way. Well, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, you, you definitely hit on something there that it's very different for different kinds of work. Right. Uh, right. And this is my whole issue that I initially I was trying to do things like when we were talking about like amateur hours back in the day and we were talking about trying to build skills and develop skills. We initially started with this thing of practice an hour a day, but there mm-hmm. were so many skills that I found like video editing. Where I was like, I really want to put a two hour block of time here. Yeah. Well, I can't work for two hours if I need to do it every day for an hour like that. That, that suddenly doesn't work. And then you right. have to do it multiple times during the week. But there are certain things, like even with my reading, so to me there are two types of books, right? There's information yeah. books and there's idea books. And yep. if it's an information book, I can read it for days and be fine. Like I can read for three hours and be perfectly happy if it's a history book or if yeah. it's a book it's a biography or something like that. If it's an idea book where it's trying to deal with difficult concepts that I'm trying to grasp and trying to understand, 30 minutes, 45 minutes is where you're drawing the line. You know what I mean? It, it really takes something different out of you. But of course, after that 45 minutes, I can then go read a different kind of book and it's really good. That's why back in the day when I first started working on learning and productivity, I would go to like Starbucks and read for four hours and I would just change the type of book I would read every hour. So I would move from like a history book to, I don't know, physics or finance or I don't know, whatever it would be, and then move to like a newspaper. You just change every hour what you're doing and it uses your mind differently. That can be very effective, I've found. But what, what are you doing now in terms of managing yourself in terms of tasks beyond routines? Because routines only go so far. And as far as tasks, I... I'm not using, well, I'm not using the Pomodoro technique nearly as much as I would like to be using it, but I'm just being a lot more conscious of, okay, I sat down at nine o'clock and I'm planning on writing. My goal is to write two paragraphs and then I'll do a time check as I start struggling or hitting a tough patch in it. And I guess it's just having little checks throughout my day of awareness of what what am I doing? And so I'm not just so much mental chatter up here or sure. so glued to my screen, which are both the two things that happened that kind of set me off. So that has been a big one. And then just building in more more areas throughout my day where I'm changing what I'm doing. Like you were saying that you you're reading a book for four hours and a lot of people would think, well, that's a lot to just read for four hours. Sure. But you change what you're doing as far as the type of material you're reading, which changes right. the way you're interacting with it. Yes, absolutely. And mine was similar as far as, okay, I'm only going to do this task for an hour. I'm on the computer, and then I'm going to maybe get up and just like let the dogs out or do this or do that. Something really little. It's sure. like a 15, 30-minute thing. And I come back, and then I feel renewed. Okay. to start something again. Like that makes sense in terms of managing your energy and making sure that you don't just burn yourself out during the day. Mm-hmm. But how do you, so what, what do you do in your weekly reviews? Like do, how, do you follow GTD pretty doggedly? Um, when, I, when I started, I guess a couple of years ago, yeah. I was very much, okay, I have to stick to this blueprint and this will work this way. And then sure. as I continued, I found that every week I don't sit down and do this crazy weekly review. I just mm. know by now that I'm going to clear out, I'm going to make sure all my inboxes are clear. I'm going to make sure I've 
contacted anyone who's contacted me and gotten back in touch. But then I'm going to plan out my week, which is a very easy, like, okay, this week I need to accomplish these big goals. And then what are the little things? And I have just a, a Google Doc where I go in and I can look at those things. And I don't even write them out necessarily. I just look and know. And then I put that down as my everyday thing. Because I'll write out my to-do list the night before like you do too. Okay. Like a little, yeah. this is what I need to do. I do it right before I go to bed. And then when I wake up, I look at the list. And that's how I start. But how do you... How should I put this? So something that I've struggled with with regard to that is making like a plan, like what I described before where I tried to schedule all of my time. Yeah. But then at the end of the span that I plan for, whether it's a week or it's a month or whatever it is, I don't have any good sense of whether or not I was successful with what I planned to do. Ah, uh, right. Do you know what I mean? That's something that, as always, it's a work in progress because... Actually, I would love to have some sort of real metric to this. And I do know some people who actually track how they've been doing. But I find that they are the structure people who like the time blocks every day. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to find a kind of in-between. Because in my weekly review, that's something that... And I guess this does come directly from GTD. But it's just a quick... I don't follow it to a T. Sure. But they ask you... What did you do? What did you accomplish last week? Did you hit all your goals? What were your goals? Yeah. And then I just kind of mentally know, and I guess this is something that would maybe be a good thing going forward to have my checks going on how many days I've done this or how successful mm. was I. But I really don't have anything apart from did I get done this task to gauge, okay, in this span, I've moved forward this much kind right. of thing. For example, you doing Spanish, you can tell over a month span how well you've done on Anki because it will show you the right. cards that are mature and everything. Shows you your statistics, yeah. Right. But there's nothing, because I, I've tried several times to go completely digital with my productivity as far as keeping track of the things that I need to do and yeah. having and being able to update it so that it can keep the statistics for me. And I've just found that going to my phone first thing in the morning is the worst thing I could possibly do. Okay. So I kicked that habit. So now I start with paper, but I do need something to start tracking it because I'm not going to just go in the middle of the day and be like, let me write down everything I've been doing. Right. So uh, this is something <laughs> from the beginning that I've struggled with because initially I would want to make plans, but then I wouldn't hold to the plan. And then I was like, well, what's the point of making a plan if you're not going to stick to the plan? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, let's just take it to the next level. And let's say I'll make a plan, but then I'll try to figure out how well I stuck to the plan. Right. And then over a longer period of time, I can measure, well, am I sticking to the plans better? And if not, what can I change and how can I adjust? Because I always think that a systematic approach is going to be a better approach. Like just saying, I'm going to work harder doesn't do anything you never move forward just by working harder that's not a thing yeah. and i struggled with this for a long time my initial thing was doing something not dissimilar to what you were describing in terms of the time blocking and like reviewing every once in a while i used to just have a long list of daily routines and i would check every day at the end of the day what of these 30 things that i do today mm. and then at the end of the month i would have targets for each one of those things of how often i wanted to do it so let's say Spanish, I wanted to study 30 times during the month because I want to study every day. But uh, working out, I only wanted to work out 20 times during the month. So I only wanted to do it 
two out of three days. You know what I mean? And that's my target. Right. But this, again, I found really inflexible because one, it only measures whether or not you did something. So it's just like a check. You know what I mean? So it doesn't yeah. say how well did you do it? How long did you spend doing it? How intense was it? Like none, none of those other metrics are there. It's just, did you do it? Did you not do it? So it's, it's pretty simplistic. And it also really only works well for things that you want to do every day. It works well for a, a limited number of things. Right. I had the same thing with an app on my phone. I tried that and I just found it, it wasn't working for the purpose I wanted it to. Yeah, it's not great. And, and it doesn't work. Like one of the things, because I didn't get into GTD until relatively recently. And one of the things that I like about GTD is the context specificity of it, which I find mm-hmm. difficult to actually use but valuable and the other thing is the project mindset really trying to boil everything you do and down into projects i had never really done that before because i just had these regular routines which just kind of go on infinitely into the future which is a is not an ideal structure for most things that only applies to a certain small subset of things that you do and so what i've come to now and i've been doing since maybe, I don't remember when I started, April, I think the beginning of April, is I do time tracking. So I'm not sure if we've ever actually discussed time tracking. You were starting some of it, or at least it was an idea that we talked about quite a bit in Korea, but we both were like, we can't do that right now. That's a lot to do right now. (laughs) Right. So I found a piece of software which is extremely useful for this. So essentially the idea that the way I use it, and and this is going to sound like way too much for most people, but every day I track everything I do. Is this Toggle? Yeah. T-O-G-G-L? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's designed for small teams or entrepreneurs or like lawyers, people that need to bill clients. So they need to right. say, I have 30 billable hours to this client. This is what I was doing this whole time, right? So that's what it's designed for. But you can use it for everything. Right. Essentially what I do is from the time I wake up in the morning to the time I wake up the next morning, I track everything I do and how long I do these things. And then at the end of the week, I go back through and I say, well, I wanted to write for four hours this week and I wanted to work on video editing for four hours this week and I wanted to sleep eight hours every night and I wanted to get up at 8 a.m. every day. Well... Did I get up at 8 a.m. every day? Did I write this much? Did I do this this much? And so the thing that I think a lot of people would find cumbersome about this is that you have to be very aware when you're changing what you're doing and what you're focused on because otherwise the time just goes away and you did 10 different things. And so it can feel initially like you're interrupting your flow if you're in the midst of doing a lot of different things. We have talked about this and that was my exact, you were just starting it and you were getting very good at continuing to track. But that's my question for you is when you say you're tracking it, does this mean that you go, you press the button and it's just tracking from the background and it's just tracking what's on your computer? No. Okay. No. I primarily use it through my phone. And the way it essentially works is you start a timer. And the way I normally do it is I fill it in when I start the next timer. And so I'll just start a timer. It'll be completely blank. So let's say I'm recording with you. I started a timer when I began recording with you. And then when we get off, I will start a new timer for whatever the next thing I do. And I will write in record podcast with Jess for the for the last one that I did. And then at the end of the day, I'll put in any tags that I need to put in in my like five minute daily review that I do at the end of the day. But it just sits there and runs in the background. And as soon as you start the next one, it stops this one. And, and so it takes 
five, six seconds between each thing that you're doing. But one of the nice things about it is that it really does focus you on what you're doing. And it really does make you aware of the time that you are wasting on things and how long things take. Right. Right. So like when I was living in China, I had extremely long commutes going around everywhere, but I was happy about that because as we said, I try to walk every day and I mostly walked in these commutes to different people's offices and things to teach them and stuff. But when I started looking at the end of the weeks to see how much time I actually spent walking and on the metro, it was ungodly amounts of hours. We're talking about like three, four hours a day, just mm -hmm. huge, huge numbers of hours. And it wasn't that bad because I was listening to the podcast or I was, you know, studying Spanish or whatever I was doing on the metro. So it wasn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, but it really made me aware. Like I had no idea I was spending that much time. Like I thought I was spending an hour and a half to two hours a day. It was almost double that. And, and you find out a lot of things. Like a lot of people waste a lot of time sitting around watching Netflix or YouTube, but they don't necessarily know how much time are they actually wasting. Like I remember my parents back home, back when I used to live with them, a lot of evenings they would sit and start watching TV for the nightly news at 6 p.m. And they would keep watching until like bed at 11. So if you think about that... <laughs> That's like five hours of TV, but you don't really think about it while you're in the middle of it. Right. But if you right. kind of force yourself to, to where at the end of the night, you have to go through everything that you did during the day and like assess your day really quickly. Then you say, oh, that was a five hour block of television. Maybe I shouldn't be having five hour blocks of television. Right. And, and so it, one, it makes it really easy to track what you're doing and review what you're doing to see if you're doing what you actually planned on doing. And two, it allows you to compare what you're producing with the time that you're spending, which I find is a much more useful metric and measurement right. than the number of times you do something. Yes. So like when you talk about Absolutely. writing, the number of writing sessions that you have doesn't tell you nearly as much as the time that you spent writing. Mm. And so if you look at it and you say, well, I spent, I don't know, 20 hours this week writing, and you say, well, I produced this 20,000 word thing. Well, you say, okay, I produce about a thousand words an hour, and that's my final product. I can assess. So now I can see, oh, I need to write a 10,000 word like piece for this organization or for this thing that I want to write it's gonna take me about 10 hours to write this thing. You can start yeah. to really know yourself. And the thing that I find really valuable about that is that it allows you to start planning better. Because yeah. when I was trying to make plans and I couldn't accurately gauge whether or not I would be able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. But when you start to track it all the time, then you start to see with things that you do fairly regularly, oh, well, this is how long it will actually take me to get this done. So it becomes easier to set your own expectations. And exactly. Then actually accomplish what you set out to accomplish. Yeah, and you don't have to beat yourself up about it at that point because I used to have this thing where I schedule all the stuff to do during the day and I'm like, yeah, I should be able to get all of these things done. And then just everything takes longer than I think it's going to take. And I feel really bad. I'm like, man, I'm really lazy. I can't focus. I can't get this stuff done. But if I had this good feedback on it, I would look at it and say, there's no way that I would be able to do the things that I planned on doing. So I should right. really adjust my expectations and refocus. Yeah. And this is something I remember we have talked about before. And at the time that you were starting, I tried it. And then I did toggle, but I did it on my computer. And for a while, I was doing it pretty frequently. But I found that the actual switching and remembering, I would be in a, another task and I would realize that I forgot to sure. schedule it. And then I would try to go back and do it. And I found that that was just cumbersome for Cumbersome me. time consuming, yeah. But I think part of it is, one, this idea that I had at the beginning, my mindset was, I'm just going to start tracking everything. And it needs to be 
okay, let me take on a challenge of this week. I'm going to track my time and see how it goes. Or the next two days instead of this big thing. And having it on an app, like I track my finances all the time. And I've been doing that since Korea. And with traveling, it was a lot easier because we were in different currencies and always cash. So I needed to constantly track. And now it's such a habit that... Whenever I have a big purchase, I just put it down and at the end of the month, I do my monthly review and right. and that this would be something that you would put in just like that. Exactly. As a structure. I, I actually, when I do, so I don't do monthly reviews, but I do quarterly reviews. So I do a daily review, weekly review, quarterly review, and then annual reviews. And when I do my quarterly reviews, that's when I assess my budget. And I assess my budget at the same time that I'm assessing how I'm using my time and my projects and my efficiency and all of that. And so, yeah, I, I find that that works really well. But what I would say is, Don't think about this in terms of I need to either be tracking everything or I shouldn't track anything. Mm. I think for most people, especially just getting into it, I'm a little bit crazy with these things because I'm obsessed with feedback and obsessed (laughs) with like understanding how and why. Well, you're not talking to someone who's that much better because I am tracking all of my finances. Right. That's this is true. This is true. But if you decide that there is something that's important to you, like writing or like studying Spanish or something like that, and you want to understand how long do I spend on this? How effectively am I doing this? Well, then you just have to associate the tracking with that task. And then you can look at the end of the month and say, well, how much time did I actually spend doing that thing? Does Toggle give you actual statistics at the end where you can look at a chart? or something like that oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i haven't played with it much past looking at a little bit of what i was doing and then it wasn't working and then i fell off the bandwagon (laughs) yeah you know you can get a lot of different kind of stats from it you can get pie charts bar charts various things um it it can i find it really really useful it'll tell you like what time of day you're normally doing things how long you're spending it just gives you a lot of different perspectives from which to assess things And there are certain things that I find annoying and frustrating about it. Like, for instance, so if you start a timer, the last timer automatically stops, right? Which is great. But this is getting a little bit too in the weeds. But, like, you can manually adjust the time that something took. But you can manually adjust it so that it overlaps with something else. And if a task goes past midnight, that doesn't automatically get allocated to both days. It automatically gets allocated to the first day. So you have to divide it into two separate tasks if you want it counted on the actual days. And like, because I track absolutely everything, one of my checks to see if I actually tracked things effectively was I see if I have roughly 24 hours tracked in a given day, right? And if I'm within that like 45 minute range, I'm like, it's close enough. It doesn't matter. Like the idea is to get an idea, not to have an exact, oh, I spent 53 minutes, 45 seconds on this. But if you have like, oh, I went to sleep at 11 and I got up at 8 a.m. Well, that all gets counted on the first day. That's a frustrating experience because then you're like, that day is 33 hours, 35 hours, or whatever it is. And the other day is only like 17 hours. <laughs> it's really annoying to have to manually deal with that. So there go, are... go from 12 a.m. to the next day at 12 a.m. is what it should do. Exactly. But yeah, so it, it, it annoys me slightly. Anyway, that's beside the point. There should be an option. Uh, but <laughs> this, this is beside, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. That, that's a small hiccup that I've just had to, you know, finagle. But everything, even when you go to sleep, you're like pressing the button before you're ready. It's so the last thing I do before I go to sleep, yeah, is I click the button to say I've started to go to sleep. Because again, I want to t- see how long am I going to sleep. Because one of the things initially when I started doing this was I was trying to figure out, are there things that I can change to help me get up when I want to get up? And one of the things that I could check is, when am I going to sleep? And to try to see if I'm going to sleep actually when I want to go to sleep and see if I'm actually getting this done. Right. And so I wanted to check, well, how long every day am I sleeping in? Yeah. 
And th- this is also a little bit too nuanced, but I I found at least with when I go to sleep, I will get in bed at a certain time, but that does not mean that I'm going to sleep necessarily because I take a little bit longer to go to sleep. Like that is something that I do track. I use the sleep cycle app. Yeah. It's not always as accurate as I would like, I would say, because it's picking up just based on your movement, but it's pretty Mm. good as far as it will show me spikes of when I woke up so that I actually know why does it say I slept 10 hours and I feel like crap this morning. Yeah, no, and and tracking your sleep in in that way is useful independent of this. But I I don't find that a problem in terms of time tracking because if you generally need 20 or 30 minutes to go to sleep, it's just part of sleep. Like it's part of sleep, you know what I mean? Right. Like if you're trying to get ready to work out and you need to stretch beforehand, it's part of working out. And this is the whole thing when I was trying to assess, well, how long am I actually spending doing something? Getting all of the ancillary things combined in there so that I'm not just thinking, oh, it only takes me 10 minutes to shower, but I also need to turn on the hot water beforehand. I also need to change and brush before and get dressed after. Like all of those things are part of the process that need to be included in this. So when you're actually estimating your time. Okay, last little nuanced question about this. When I go to sleep, this is something that maybe I will change eventually, or at least change. I'm changing the content that I'm actually consuming before, but I read right before I go to bed. It is the thing that always tends to knock me out because I have trouble going to sleep. And since reading, I no longer have trouble. But with that said, sometimes I get really into it and it takes me a while. And then sometimes I'm not into it or I'm just really tired and it's about five minutes. So when my phone is down, how how would you handle that as far as my phone is already down? I don't want to get back up and track anything, but I'm reading. Is that just part of the overall nighttime experience then? Oh... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, all of this is so unique to the person. Right. So I would probably put it in as something that this is my nighttime routine and I'm just going to block off the sleep and reading before. Well, and, and I would say, remember I was telling you about a long time ago, I used, well, not that long ago, but I used to read for like four hour blocks of time and I would change every hour. Over years of doing this every day, I've gotten to where when it hits about an hour, even if I've not looked at any sort of clock and I've been reading for an hour... I know that it's about an hour because I just feel, I'm like, oh, my mind says. It's probably about an hour. <laughs> right. My yeah. mind says this is when I change books. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it, it's so used to it. And so what I would say is if you want to read for like 30 minutes every night, read for 30 minutes and then have your like phone buzz when you get to the certain amount of time that you want to do and then go mm. to sleep. But that's only if you really need it to be regimented. Like I need right. it to be regimented because I'm trying and struggling to get up in the morning. Like that's why I want it to be regimented. And so my my nighttime routines don't include reading because it's it's very specified that I do my brushing and my getting dressed and my daily review and then go to sleep kind of thing. Yeah. But like if that doesn't matter so much for you, then you can track that however you want. But yeah, and I guess instead of that, something I could just build in more is I go to bed by a certain time, and I know that overall it takes me thirty minutes, forty-five minutes between actually reading and doing my quick review, and then getting in bed, and that whole thing. So I just know that that is forty-five minutes that I need, right. and then. I get in bed by this time or around yeah. this time. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's really all you need. The difficulty that you run into is if there really are wildly different amounts of time you spend reading. Like sometimes you're out after 20 minutes and sometimes you get really into it and you read for three hours. Like that would be a very difficult thing to manage because it just throws all of this sort of instability. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's something that I wouldn't 
do well with with trying to regularize my sleep schedule. Um, yeah, and it, but it's one of those things that, like you were saying with reading after an hour, while sometimes I do get really into it for the most part, especially if I know like I'm needing to wake up by 6.30 in the morning and I should be in bed around this time. And depending on what time I'm actually getting situated with this, after a while, it's like the eyelids start to droop, the book starts to... And yeah. so it's just like, it's clearly time for bed. Yes. And my body just knows that and has that signal. Yeah, exactly. So maybe I just need to also make sure I pick up the right kinds of books for this routine and maybe different books for during a Saturday when I really want to get into the theory of something that I'm probably not going to do while I'm laying in my bed. Well, yeah, and all of these sorts of things need to be tinkered because you're going yeah. to remember, like, you can't think well right before you go to sleep necessarily, so... You don't necessarily yeah. want to read an intense thing anyway. Just one last thing on the whole productivities and routines and things. Yep. Do you use any technology? Like we talked about, I use Toggle to get my feedback in terms of my mm-hmm. planning, which I've been so happy with. But what do you use to organize yourself? I use... So I've gone through many different things that I was using at some point in time. Like back in Korea, I was using Wonderlist as my overall just task list to help yeah. me. I was doing Trello for a while, and I'm still doing that for projects, but right. not necessarily for the daily things because I found, like I said, that when I grabbed my phone in the morning, for a while I had this bad habit of checking things, and sure. I realized that that wasn't getting me on the path I wanted to be on. So I just went back to paper, just a little notebook for a bit. And then things like LastPass. Okay. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as password management, because I found that a lot of people say, well, I just have a couple and I always rotate. But that is where so much of my time gets sunk because I have so many different sites. (laughs) And then I lose the password and I can't remember it. It's okay. I'm just going to forget it. And that's totally fine. But LastPass is there. It's a little extension and it just knows what's going on and i get that there are some issues with security there There but for right now that's okay and i can continue working on encrypting things as i go okay yeah yeah i've i've dabbled with LastPass. i don't have any good uh password insights i would say yeah no it's a a good call yeah that's that is useful um and then finances i use trail wallet oh you do okay I looked at that for a while. I do not yeah. use that. What do you use? Well, for finance, I use something that's way over the top. Oh, well, that's just for budgeting, not for actual finance, but... Okay, because I use this one, I think it's called BlueCoin. I think it just appeals to my accounting background. So it gives you stuff like your net worth, and it gives you stuff like your cash flows, and it, obviously it has budgeting as well, but it, it allows you to see things in terms of like a balance sheet um, yeah. and things which I... I like. It's not particularly useful for my needs because I spend no money on anything. But, you know, that's what I use. And in terms of the rest of, like, organizational stuff, I have this weird conglomeration of things that I use. So when I started to try to implement some of the fundamentals of GDD, I don't know, months ago, I started using OneNote for that. Okay. To organize projects and to organize a unified inbox. And I'm still doing that right now, but I kind of also use Todoist to do that. Okay. I'm in the process of trying to figure out if I can actually do it well in Todoist. Do you still use Trello? I use Trello, but I use Trello for very specific things. So I I only use Trello for 
Okay, so just so that everybody knows about these things if you don't know these apps. So Trello is works on like a Kanban kind of system where you have post-its on a wall and you can move them around and change the labels and stuff. Essentially, that's the format, but it's a digital concept of this. But yeah, I use Trello for very specific workflows, right? So if I have a certain thing that needs to go through six steps, for instance, with like this recording and editing a podcast, right? We need to plan it. We need to record it. I need to edit it. need to do the show notes and need to publish it, right? There's there's various steps mm-hmm. to it. So I'm going to put that into Trello because there are various steps that this thing has to move through. And this project needs to go through those steps. I don't do that for most things because most things don't have a set structure that I use for that. So, right. I, so I only use Trello for certain things like that. I, I, I do use it, but not as a uniform, unified tax manager system. I use Evernote as a huge resource database of records, essentially. Yeah, um, yeah. same. Yeah, so all of my receipts. I've actually even started trying to get rid of files off my computer that are old that I'm not going to access. Essentially, I have two views on documents. They're either living documents or they're dead documents. And if they're dead documents, they go into an Evernote archive in which they're tagged to know tomorrow. I have like 10 tags on it and then I can just search for it. And it's all in one notebook of records that just has a bunch of tags and I can just search for anything I want and pull it up. Right. And so that's how I use my email too, right? I have either things that I need to respond to or I have things that I've saved to Evernote. And nothing else, like like that's, that's uh, that's the whole of everything. And... Yeah, so I, so I use OneNote for my kind of task manager and Todoist as my kind of task manager. Because the problem with Todoist is when I'm trying to do weekly reviews and quarterly reviews, you can't format things. Like when I was telling you before about how I want to have, like for this week I want to have four hours of writing. Well, you can't really do that in Todoist. I've never actually used, I've looked at Todoist, but I decided... Well, it would work the same way in Wonderlist, right? Or Wonderlist, yeah. or whatever it is. Like, um, you can't really yeah. organize a structured... Like, you need almost like a, a Word document or, or something like that to where you can set up a template, which is kind yeah. of how, why I use OneNote for Yeah, this. That, that was my issue with yeah, it. Yeah, which is a difficult thing, because it's really useful for actually managing tasks, having things scheduled, subtasks, things like that. But it's difficult. It doesn't handle those routine things very well. So I'm, I'm still trying to deal with that. Um, there was one other thing. What else do I use? And then I just need to look at my home screen to see what I actually... Oh, and then, <laughs> That's what and I did. then Google Calendar is what I use as my calendar. Because I don't okay. actually use Todoist for my calendar. I, I schedule things to my calendar from Todoist, and they're mm-hmm. just synced. Um, but when I actually look at what I have scheduled, I look at just Google Calendar. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess back on the finance one too. Yeah. By the end of a week. Mm-hmm. No, not by the end of a week. By the end of a month, I have all this data in Trail Wallet. Yeah. And so I just take that and I export it all and it exports into a CSV. And so I oh, just really? put it all into Excel. So it's pretty easy for me to just move things over and then it adds it into different currencies and there are some little hiccups as far as like it will show the currency but like when you're trying to convert it all back to us dollars sometimes it's a little bit chunky with that sure because the exchange rates change all the time yeah exactly so it's it's a pain either way but for my entire trip i was tracking like how much did i spend and is this possible for someone else to do this exact thing Mm. and i found that just having an excel sheet with my finances was helpful and then i made my balance sheet within that 
just to help me figure out what is my net worth. And I'm sure there are tools. I want to look into personal capital and things. Yeah, but I've yeah. tried Mint.com and others. I and don't like Mint at all, yeah. I just didn't like them. So I was like, okay, I already have my system and I can start playing with others. But right now, like, this is working. So we'll just move forward. Yeah, no, I didn't realize that you could export it into Excel so easily because I really would like to just have it in Excel. And I used to try to track things in Excel in terms of my finances. The problem with that... Um, and the reason why I use OneNote for my daily tasks is mm -hmm. that I can either use Google Sheets or I can try to use Excel. But if mm -hmm. I use Google Sheets or Excel, they're not very nice on your phone. And so as you're going throughout the day and you're trying to input new expenses or things that you spend or if you want to note a task is completed or something, you need something that works well on your phone and on your desktop. And right. yeah, that's that's a no-go for the Excel. Yeah. You know, yeah. And there are still little things that I wish, I wish it would export in a cleaner format sometimes. But you could always play with the data and hide the rows and do all these things. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I like that though. Yeah, that's good. And then my last question is, how do you handle, we have all these drives going on everywhere and something that I'm still working on as my big push for the next bit is what do I want to put on Google Drive? What is that? What is that a space for? Or when I go to Google Drive, am I looking for my more some of these projects or where are my photos? Just where is everything living? Do you have a spot that you have kind of delegated to certain tasks or certain projects? Um, yeah, that's a difficult question. I, I would say it's continually involving. I, I think the big criteria that needs to be used to distinguish between these sorts of things is one, the type of data that you're dealing with, and two, how much you're going to share it versus use it by yourself. Right, so I have Office 365. So as my primary backup, or my primary cloud backup, I should say, I use Office 365. Yeah. So I have a terabyte on there, I think. And so all of my core files are backed up there. Okay. So that, that functions as a backup. But that's obviously not useful at all for sharing with other people or working on a team. Right. right. So in terms of documents, generally, if I'm collaborating with someone, I'm going to use Drive for that. And, and then I have all my pictures end up on Dropbox and my videos end up on Apple iCloud just because uh, of space constraints and uh, it's a pain. But oh, that's painful. Yeah, no, yeah. I, don't, I don't use Dropbox for anything like that. Dropbox, for me is purely collaboration. Okay. And it's collaboration with the files that are other media. So videos, audio, things like that. And it's just useful because Dropbox has a really nice interface on the desktop. So if you want to send something to someone, it's a much nicer experience to do that over Dropbox than it is over Drive, I would say. But Drive is useful in terms of, because you can both edit documents, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. In the same interface, you can see what other people are doing and things like that. So I try to try to keep to that, but it's difficult if you don't want to pay for Dropbox because then, you know. That's part of it is that I'm still being a little bit cheap and so I'm trying to put them on the different things without sure. adding the extra space. I do yeah. also have Microsoft, so I need to start using that more. Yeah, I mean, file management and data management is a difficult thing, I think, for most people. Oh, it's because Dropbox used to have Carousel, which was this thing on your phone that synced in with your Apple, so you could automatically put things into Carousel, and then it would go to it very right. easily. I know sure. it's the same with the app, but it was just, like, it was synced in with your actual Apple photos, and it was so easy to share things. So I started doing that, and then they got rid of it. Now I'm like, well, I need to move all those photos over. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and that's the whole difficulty with all of these sorts of things. As things get tweaked by these massive companies that control everything, 
you kind of have to constantly learn and adapt to the systems. But if you want to pay a little bit of money, any of these solutions are pretty decent. Yeah. Like, and that's that's the whole thing. <sighs> All right. Does that about wrap it up? Anything else you wanted to say? <laughs> I think that's it. I think All we're right. good. Awesome. Well. Oh, the last thing. The last thing I do want to say is that this week my challenge is going to be trying to track my time. Okay. At least downloading the Toggle app because I've done this before with a different app that just tracked what you were doing in the background with your phone. Sure. And it was really helpful because it would show me, okay, you walked this much, you were in the house this much, but it yeah. didn't give me the really detailed. So I'm going to try this with Toggle because I already do it with my finances. It shouldn't be a habit that's that hard to figure out for me. Yeah, see, see how it goes. Because I found tracking everything was really great for me. But even if you just track work things or highly productive things, you want to do it can really be edifying right because yeah. i'm having some issues with some of the things just wanting to get them going a little bit more and understand how much time it's taking sure and that that is where this would come in handy even though i've tried it and failed but i'm gonna try it again all right well i i guess i should have a challenge for myself or something shouldn't i yeah, you don't I don't have know. to you uh, don't now have i'm all to. on the spot i just thought that I no i just thought that was a good a good thing for me to work on because I have tried it and it didn't go well, but it sounds like it's working for you and I already have a trigger for this habit in there. So yeah, it's true. What do I have to lose? Nothing. Absolutely. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Let me think. Let me think of a challenge for myself. (laughs) Now you're like, I have to do this. (laughs) I don't have anything good, but how about you can update us next week on what you decided. Okay. And you know what? Okay. Here's, here's what I will lay down as my challenge. It's not much of a challenge. I'm I'm in the middle of four books right now. I'm going to finish off two of them this week. And I'm going to get the episodes for this edited and ready to go and launched out there by the first, which isn't this week, but you know. I mean, which is in two weeks, which is yeah. still not far away. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, hopefully. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Challenge accepted. Yeah. We'll see you next time. So everyone, uh, you can find us, as always, on subjectradio.com, and I think, I don't actually know what the direct link to this episode will be, so... You can find that out later on, I guess. If you're listening well, to it, you already it found it. We'll put it in the show it. notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Well, bye-bye, guys. Have a good one. Crap, I lost my train of thought. You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs>